0: You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, Well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. (sighs) All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris.
1: Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com.
0: And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to episode 381 of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan. I'm Corey. And tonight, listen. Listen to us. Listen. Listen, audience. Listen to us. As we discuss Salem's Lot with special, very special guest, Travis Knight. Say hello, Travis.
2: Hey. How's it going? How are you guys? Uh, You you know, I watched Salem's Lot today yeah yeah you yeah. guys ready to talk about cool 70s vampires <laughs> I love 70s vampires so I love 70s vampires they are the best they,
0: they're they very um, well I, I have lots of thoughts that I'm gonna save uh, because okay. you know they, they, that, that's what we're doing that's the point of the podcast is to discuss all of it and mm-hmm. if I give all of my thoughts right now well, then it'd be a very short episode, and and that just Mm -hmm. doesn't sound very Video Monsters-y. But since I am apparently very terrible at remembering to do this, Mm -hmm. I'm forcing myself to remember right now, Travis, tell our Mm -hmm. listeners who you are, what you do, um, and, you know, that that whole self-promotional spiel, because lately I've been terrible. We'll be three hours into an episode. It's like, all right, we should wrap things
2: up. And and, we were like, who are you talking uh, to? Why should we care about this guy? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a uh, well. I don't know what I would call. My, I'm a graphic artist. Is what I call myself, and uh, and also a painter. Um, I do a lot of uh, you know kind of horror based artwork, if you could say that. Um, Wouldn't you say, Corey? What do you? Who am I? Who am I to you, Corey? Oh
1: man, to, you are to me a great artist uh, who has designed some of my favorite works in my home uh and a long-standing friend who is weirdly enough we've known each other i don't know if you know this we've known each other for like going on like i think almost like six years now which is nuts to me
2: yeah i guess that's true <laughs> yeah 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 i guess that's true that's crazy
1: also yeah. one one hell of an actor
2: well uh, and, a good, and
1: a good sport <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a
2: better sport than actor can we even talk about that i mean is it uh, are we allowed to talk there, about that
1: uh, I, I produced a short film coming down the pipeline, in which uh, in exchange for uh, doing us uh, favors, uh, designing a really cool creature and also a cool poster, we uh, Travis was also in the movie as a very special character who gets absolutely obliterated, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome.
2: I mean, it's very <laughs> cathartic to get ripped apart by your own creature that you helped design, and uh, I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah i imagine yeah. it's like returning to the womb it's like i created you and now you're destroying me this this just yeah. feels right somehow yeah yeah <laughs> well and, I... you know the
2: one thing the, the 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 funny thing about doing that movie too is like just uh realizing at one point in the night that i'm the oldest guy there and that <laughs> these kids are dragging me through the woods on a on a sled as i'm being pulled away by a monster and uh it it hurt a lot but it was it was fun
0: well, <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, yeah. That's where the
2: fun. good sport part comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it.
0: Anything uh, involving being torn apart by a monster and being uh, dragged on a sled—that's—it's uh, that's, that's got to be great, right? I hope it's great. Surely it's great. Yeah. It's got to be good.
1: I think it's all. I think it's I, awesome.
2: I think I did a great job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you did yeah. too. No,
0: well, I up. cannot wait. Uh, yeah, you're, you're an artist, Travis. You know. Like yeah. I wouldn't even, I, mean, I do put the qualifier of graphic artist, but I always put mm-hmm. it as like artist slash graphic designer when mm-hmm. I'm uh, explaining who you are to people because you you do a lot of really great art and you also use a digital medium, which, mm-hmm. you know, most people when they think digital, they think like, you know, graphic artist, graphic design type of stuff. For but, sure. but Yeah, not just the, uh, not just the graphics. You, you do some amazing yeah. things.
2: Yeah, I just kind of try to do the, you know, I was saying like, I'm a graphic designer illustrator for a long time. And then I was started getting like more gigs of graphic design when I'm like, I just want to draw stuff. I don't want to do any more graphic design stuff. So so it's complicated. I don't know who. I, it's an existential thing I think I'm going through. I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, uh, You, uh, much like Corey, I also have a number of your pieces. Uh, they're, they're not on display because I just moved, so I've not had a chance to put them up. Um, but what, one of my favorites in all the art that I've picked up over the, the last few years in Film Fests is the one that you did, I want to say at the last Chat Film Fest that was uh, actually in person, mm-hmm. of Millicent Patrick uh, designing the creature. Oh uh, yeah, I, I yeah, love that, that was one. fun. God, it's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Once once I start actually getting tattoos, that's one of the ones that's right up there of like, yeah, I need to get this.
2: Yeah, that'd be really rad. Yeah, uh, that, you, was,
0: that was cool. You also uh, partnered with Target to do uh, some Stranger Things uh, things. And yeah. you also yeah. did an Iron Maiden thing. What, 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 what's the other well, one that you've recently done?
2: I did a Metallica shirt uh, for the Hellfire Club. Um, and it was like the. It was through Metallica and Netflix kind of partnership, and then I sort of drew. If you remember the Hellfire Club logo from yeah. uh, the show, I kind of drew a more, um, uh, just more demonic version of that. That was a little bit more, uh, more detailed, you know, and and uh, had a lot more flames and stuff on it, and and then we, you know, had the Metallica logo on there. So I did that, um, which was pretty which is pretty fun. I mean, getting to work with Metallica was, I mean, I didn't talk to anybody in Metallica. Everybody's like, Oh man, you, what did Lars think? And it was like, I had no idea. You know, there's, you know, 80 people between me and, them, so, <laughs> but, uh, but it was super cool. I mean, it was a really like kind of pinch myself kind of, um, uh, experience, you know, it was pretty awesome.
0: So, so they weren't there just like serenading you as you worked on it.
2: Yeah, no, no, nothing like that. I mean, I did listen to, uh, you know, uh, master of puppets quite a bit while I was working on it just to get in the, the headspace. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that, that is awesome, man. You've, you've got a yeah. lot of stuff been going on recently and, and I've, I've loved every single thing that I've seen you post. I, I love Thanks, your art. I've got again, a number of pieces. Um, yeah, always, always yeah. love supporting independent art and other people should too. Don't you have a show coming up recently or you, you just had a show, which was it?
2: uh well we just had a a, uh the studio that i'm part of uh clear story arts which is in chattanooga is uh we just did our it's a big collective of all these different artist studios and stuff so we just did like a a halloween show that was pretty awesome Corey came by and bought one of my paintings which was really nice um
1: and there was a great uh (laughs) that was such a great show by the way yeah much fun
2: there's some Uh, there's some really cool stuff in there um and then, uh, but yeah, I've got a couple other things kind of coming up, coming down the pipe. Like I've got, a, I'm doing a live painting at uh, Songbirds Pop Culture Museum uh, for the Songbirds Foundation. And that's going to be on the 29th of this month. So I've got a lot of stuff going on. And then I've got a poetry book coming out. Uh, I've partnered with a poet, uh, poet in, here in Chattanooga uh, called Meredith Jade. She goes by uh, River City Poet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she wrote 12 creepy poems and I did 12 creepy illustrations and we're putting a book out. So, nice. and that's going to be on, uh, actually on Halloween. And we're going to do a little like opening artists meet and greet at, uh, book and cover, which is here in Chattanooga. So that should be cool. That's yeah. a lot. Uh, it's
1: near, uh, it's on a Tremont, right? Up in the Tremont area.
2: Uh, yeah, it's like behind, um, uh, like Il Primo and stuff mm. over there. Okay. rivermont riverview rivermont right, Riverview, right, right. something like that so, so yeah. somewhere
0: over there over on the north yeah. shore yeah yeah um well yeah you've, you've got a ton of stuff coming up and where mm. can people follow you where they where can they follow uh, all of your art and we'll, we'll plug this again at the end of the episode but let's go ahead and do some of the socials uh for all of those projects
2: uh, yeah. yeah i so the best place to catch me is probably on uh instagram and it's just at travis Knight. And, um so yeah, that's probably the best place. I'm on Twitter too. That's uh, at TravBotNight, um, <laughs> but you know Instagram's probably the best.
0: I I always think it's funny that you have a bot in your name and
2: how I know people, I thought it was I'm hilarious. Sh- well,
0: but, I, I mean, I'm sure people block yeah. you all the time because like, oh, this bot's trying to follow me. Like, how dumb that it's actually like has uh, bot in its name.
2: Man, maybe that's been my whole. Problem with uh, Twitter and not getting any engagement. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just because Twitter is a vile place. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and start diving into uh, Into Salem's Lot, and of all of the King movies, of all of the King properties, because um, we had it open to not just the theatricals. Obviously, since we're talking about Salem's Lot, but of all of the, uh, the the movies, TV movies, miniseries of all of the King adaptations, why Salem's Lot? Uh, why,
2: like, why did we watch it?
0: No, like, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we watch it because it's great. What? Why of yeah. all of the King properties is Salem's Lot the one that you said? Yeah, let's talk about this one.
2: Well, it's uh, it's meaty. You know, it's a long movie. There's a lot of stuff that happens in it. It's a kind of a classic, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Corey what what are you What are your thoughts,
1: <laughs> man? Well, I mean, it is technically like what a mini series because it's like 186 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good TV movies. I don't know, man. I mean, it came out in '79, mm-hmm. right? If I'm not mistaken, sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, like, I think it just it's it's really really interesting to me because it's really fun to like watch like if you take like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974 mm-hmm. and like watch that and then Toby Hooper in 1979 directing Salem's Lot and it's like almost like you're watching like a completely different you know kind of yeah. person with a, with this and I kind of like the gothic approach to it because I mean I guess you could argue argue that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like a southern gothic. Mm-hmm. kind of film mm-hmm. um, and Salem's life is just uh, not, it doesn't have the Southern, it's just the Gothic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he really paints that picture really, really well because you've got an imposing house and creepy mm-hmm. fog and you've got that whole Gothic aesthetic tied up in a little bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's one of my favorite things about it is because it kind of, you know, has that really, really classic, almost stoker, like, mm-hmm. you know, vampire, setting uh in you know america yeah i don't know where it's set is Mm -hmm. it set in new england is it yeah i can't remember
2: so salem's lot is in uh yeah it's in maine i believe yeah Uh, i think that's all that
1: stuff that's yeah yeah, everything probably just down the road from castle rock or something (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. if if this hadn't been his (laughs) first
0: novel or his second i'm sure that it would have been uh set in castle rock rather than salem's (laughs) lot um yeah yeah, so this was a first time watch for me and mm-hmm. I've mentioned this on so many of the episodes recently. I have been woefully under for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I've been aware of a lot of it, um, but mm-hmm. I just, there, there's nothing about it that's like I've rejected nothing that I've been like, Oh, I, I don't want to watch King or I don't like King. There's nothing mm-hmm. like that. It's just been, man, I have so many fucking movies that I need to watch and so <laughs> many books that I need to read. I just, I just can't mm-hmm. get to everything. Yeah. I understand. Yes. King is iconic, Probably should have been prioritizing it a little bit more, but I didn't. Fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I still have only read one King book. I've only read Carrie. I started Mm -hmm. reading Salem's Lot and Mm -hmm. I'm about 100 pages into it, but then I I had to move. And Mm -hmm. that really slowed things down because that takes up all of your time. Mm -hmm. Um. But but yeah, I had never seen Salem's Lot before. I've been aware of it for years and years and years. And uh, when we decided to do this King series, it was so high up on my list of I cannot wait to watch Salem's Lot. It's one of the ones that I've been looking forward to so much. And um, I'm going to sound like I don't like this film. And that's not true. I truly love this film. I adore this film. It is amazing. (laughs) There's so many great things that I have to say about it. It's also true that I might have hyped it up in my head a little too much. Yeah. And it didn't quite meet what I expected. It's still great. Mm -hmm. I still love it. And there's so many Mm -hmm. things about it that I love that we're going to get into. But there's also a few things about it that I don't want to say that I don't love them. But there's Mm -hmm. a few things that, um, but there's just a few things that I have thoughts on (laughs) that maybe are not quite as high of praise, but the underlying and all of it is I love it and it's great and it's amazing. I just might've built it up in my head a little bit too much. Um, (laughs) But um, but, but yeah, for for, to be a first time watch uh, one of the things that I want to start with and a quick side note spoilers, all the spoilers. If you're listening Mm -hmm, to this mm -hmm. and you've not seen Salem's lot, we're going to spoil it. It's a 43 year old movie at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, So, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably know something about it, but we're going to dive into things. So one of the things for me related to that is I had seen the vampire before, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I didn't get that, that shocking reveal when mm-hmm. it finally pops up in front of Ned, I think. Um, and you see it for the first time. Like I, I, I already knew what it looked like. So I didn't have that like, Oh my God, that looks so terrifying. It's like, Oh yeah, there, there's the vampire finally Mm -hmm. two hours into it Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so since both of you had seen it before what do you remember of the first time that you saw it and and how the vampire reveal played Uh, because like I I can't even remember um, because again it's just been in pop culture for so long Mm -hmm. I don't even know if the initial initial that's not a word if the initial promotional stuff uh, for it had the vampire because now like you know on the back of the blu-ray it's got him right there yeah and it, you know. it was
2: that way on the vhs i remember when i was when i was growing up when i would see it you know on the on the horror shelf um you know it used to come in like a, i think it i can't remember if it was like a two vhs it's three
0: hours long. I'm positive it's a two VHS. Or if there was an
2: edit for it, I, you know, I wonder, but um, yeah, I think to me it was like, I was watching it to see who that vampire was, you know, like uh, so it didn't really have, yeah, that kind of holy shit factor, but uh, it was just really to see who that guy was. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of saw him on the box or knew him in, from, from pictures. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, like on the back of the Blu-ray, it's just, you know, there he is standing there he is. in all of his Ooh, glory.
2: Yeah. And yeah. For, for when... It's on the cover, too, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's like looming over the...
0: Yeah, it's it's like a shadowy, you know, like you don't yeah. quite see it, but you see enough of it. That's
1: like the it's like the po- the original, like, I think that's like the one sheet for the yeah. film. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's... just nuts. Like, the, the vampire is definitely looming over the entire story. Mm-hmm but you don't see him until two hours in. Mm-hmm. And I've, again, I've got a few thoughts about that. Uh, but before we start getting that far into it, Corey, what about you? What do you remember from the first time that you saw it and what that vampire reveal was like for you?
1: Um, I'm about to expose myself pretty hard here, but, uh, I really didn't really even watch horror uh, probably until I was like 20, 21 mm-hmm. years old. Cause I was a big scaredy cat for most of my <laughs> life. Um, and uh, so I didn't really start. I didn't really start getting into horror until I was like in my twenties. Uh, like, um, and I only saw Salem's Lot probably like six years ago for the first time. Maybe I knew of it, uh, of course, uh, but like I'd never seen it before. Uh, and I don't know if it was like as much of a shock, you know, as Travis. Uh, you know, I can kind of relate to that. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. much of a shock to me because there were far, far scarier moments in that film to me than than -hmm. the vampire because at that point i had seen nosferatu you know and it's like the the parallels between those two vampires are very very apparent you know like i mean and that and that you know of course is a stylized choice for the movie because Mm -hmm. uh in the book he doesn't he just looks like a like he you know he's just like a man Mm -hmm. he doesn't look he's not a big scary like nosferatu-ish vampire In the Mm -hmm. book, he's just a dude that can like be old or young or you know Mm -hmm. whatever he chooses. Much more
0: Gary Oldman ish. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: It's a it's
2: kind of interesting. Like I, uh, I've read. Have you read Jerusalem's Lot? It's the short story.
0: No, I've not. Mm -hmm. It's uh, that's a night shift.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a good one to read before you start reading Salem's Lot. Or because they sort of bump up, like Salem's lot was built over Jerusalem's lot. And so, oh. like in the history of the Stephen King town, uh, so and it has like very Lovecraftian um, type things going on there. And that's it's pretty it kind of adds another layer to the whole Salem's lot thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is it I'm kind sure. of like one
1: of those things where like Pennywise mm-hmm. was in dairy? Thousands of years before the town ever was. You yeah, know, like, you know,
2: it, it hits on that, like, can a house be evil kind of thing, you know, like,
1: you know, just yeah. spooky
2: places. But I will say, uh, I started watching, actually, I started the audiobook of Salem's Lot when I was in Maine uh, over the summer in, uh, uh, on this little island called Vinyl Haven. Mm-hmm. And on this island is no joke an antique store in the Marston house and uh, there's <laughs> no a Marston way. There's a Marston house there and it's an antique store. And it was a really sweet, like old couple that lived there that like, you know, the, and it's an antique. I'll, I'll send you guys the Instagram for this antique store. It's amazing. But I was just kind of like, really, <laughs> it's no one. <laughs> at, so all the along?
1: exterior shots of that house were,
2: no it's it, the funny thing is this house the marston house here is like or in vinyl haven anyway used to be an old filling station so it sort of looks like a gas station like right next to this uh what used to be an old grist mill and there's like it's right ne- right next to the ocean it's kind of crazy but uh,
0: that yeah, sounds amazing cool. yeah and there I were some
2: beautiful that. houses there that looked like they could have been the marston house you know it's pretty cool but it was a I highly recommend go go to Maine for a month and just read Stephen King. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it will fuck you up. <laughs> if
0: if Dan were here, uh, he would say, Yep, because he lives yeah. in Bangor. So oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. So he, yeah, he gets oh, to experience okay. it like all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's um funny. so you mentioned the, uh, the the sort of like Lovecraftian elements in Jerusalem's thought. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that um, that's one of the things that bugged me maybe just a little tiny bit about Salem's lot. Mm -hmm. It's not what was there. It's some of the stuff that I wish had been a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. like uh, the Marston house is very clearly central to the story in Salem's lot. Like it is Mm -hmm. the, the pivotal place of, you know, like uh, like when Ben keeps talking about, can a place be evil? You know, can there Mm -hmm. be evil in the floorboards and the walls and the plaster and like they, they keep talking about how evil that place is and it draws other people in and you know, like the, the guy that built it killed his uh, killed his wife. And then mm-hmm. uh, the people that lived there uh, killed killed himself, killed his wife. Like there's all of this history of evil with it. And so it's built up as like, this is such a pivotal piece of the story.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then nothing actually happens with it. Like there's, mm-hmm. I would kept wanting there to be more of the marston house i kept wanting there to be mm-hmm. a, more of like that evil draw to it and when, once they finally get into it i think that uh toby hooper did a great uh great job with the production design because he basically mm-hmm. just gave us the uh, texas chainsaw house again yeah but well. <laughs> especially the wall with all the <laughs> horns on it but but like it it, it worked and and i the production design, I think absolutely fit the way that they were describing it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I read the first hundred pages of Salem's thought and within those first hundred pages, obviously since it's King, there's so much description about everything. So like when Ben is telling the story of when he first went in there as a kid, mm-hmm. like you, you feel that fear, you get all of the backstory. And I remember reading it and getting a couple of shivers on my spine. Cause it was like, this is so descriptive and so visceral, like mm-hmm. I can picture it. And in, uh, in in the book, when he gets to the part of and he opened his eyes, like I, I kind of jumped a little bit because mm-hmm. like I was there mentally. And mm-hmm. so when it's like and then he opened his eyes, was so like oh Jesus, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the movie is just kind of like about halfway through it was fun, like oh yeah, you know, I was there as a kid and and it was scary. And it's like I mm-hmm. I wanted there to be so much more. Of the house and of the evil and like why mm-hmm. it was drawing, um, uh, uh, Straker and uh, Bello. What what were their names? The the vampire Barlow, Barlow. Straker. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wanted more of that, and because I didn't mm-hmm. finish the book, I don't know how much of that is actually in the book. But even in mm-hmm. the first hundred pages, it feels like there's so much more of that. Um, yeah, and 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 I, it's gotta be. You know, in part, just it's hard to adapt King into uh it, it's hard to adapt that much King even down into three hours mm-hmm. um
1: it's hard to adapt that much detail, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that yeah. and I think that that's one thing that like <clears throat> falls short with a lot of King adaptations that aren't mm-hmm. like like I mean, like you've got like the shining, which is a completely different like they just tore the mm-hmm. central themes and ideas. And then they made, like Kruber made his own movie basically. Yeah. Yeah. But like with like people who are trying to get true to screen adaptations of King, I think that's one of the hardest things to capture is the detail that he puts into everything yeah. because you can't spend 15 minutes visualizing Uh, an entire paragraph about what a house looks like because it would get super boring. Yeah. But when you're reading it, you know, it takes you two or three minutes to read the description. It's awesome because it's so visceral, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can really, that you can really like um, ingrain it into your head. Uh, I was going to say the one of the fun facts that I learned about Salem's lot while I was like doing a little behind the scenes digging, um, which is something to your point Nathan where you're like I want to know like why they chose there mm-hmm. to like come to that house and everything um, and I was in an interview with King where he was talking about um, like why he wanted to write Salem's Lot and is he was like talking to his wife and he was like well what would happen if like a victorian era vampire came to like new york city and Mm -hmm. it's like well he'd probably walk into the street and get run over by a yellow cab and it's like but if you set him in some sleepy little town he can go out and literally just you know wrap all of the town into like vampirism and yeah and take over an entire town one by (laughs) one because it's some sleepy little seaside town i think that's kind of the the draw of you know mm-hmm. Salem's Lot in the in the story, but there is no backstory. And I mean, I think that you get that a lot with uh, with King's earlier works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love more explanation in some of his earlier stuff, but you just don't get it. You know, yeah. and I think that's kind of the fun. A little yeah. bit of
2: fun, <laughs> or, or it's, you know, or sometimes he'll he'll explain it, but it'll be in like one of the thirty Dark Tower books, you know. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh wait, oh that's where Mister Barlow came from. You or, know? or
0: he'll explain it, and as he's explaining it, be like, no, I'm changing my mind, but not go back yeah. and revise it. Just be like, uh, this, this yeah, instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, what
2: you know exactly uh, yeah, yeah. The,
0: the preface of the the copy of Salem's Lot that I have has some of that story of King talking about you know like why he said it in New England rather than in a major city and also mm-hmm. like you know how he was so drawn to vampire or to uh, Dracula as a kid and mm-hmm. like he wanted to do that gothic story and so mm-hmm. you know Corey earlier when you're talking about the parallels between Nosferatu uh, and, and the vampire in Salem's Lot yeah it's because this is basically the Dracula story again It's Mm -hmm. just set in New England rather than actual England. And and that's one of the other things that I both love and have thoughts on. The Mm -hmm. fact that it's basically just another Dracula story. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a part of me is like, ah, but I wanted so much more. Mm -hmm. I've seen Dracula before. But also, Mm -hmm. I've seen like eight different versions of Dracula, and I love just about all of them. And like, is that can, can that really be a complaint? I mean yeah. you know it's just like yeah it's it's King's version of, of Dracula yeah and I think that one of the things that um, kind of went into some of my expectations and also just the the, the the way that it was adapted Corey to your point earlier of it's so hard to adapt King. We've mm-hmm. mentioned this on a few of the episodes recently where I think that the best king adaptations, are not the most true to book adaptations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that they are the ones where the the director and the filmmakers and you know the the screenplay writers, teleplay writers, you know, whoever, the ones making the movie, they get it, they get what King is doing, mm-hmm. but they're not trying to replicate it. You know, mm-hmm. like they get the core of why it works. They get why you're so invested, but they also mm-hmm. know there's no way that we can do justice to doing this exactly as it is. So let's mm-hmm. take these core elements and and kind of strip away a lot of the fat and really focus it down. Yeah. And as much as I adore Toby Hooper and I love his version of this movie, I feel like Toby Hooper made a Dracula movie mm-hmm. rather than making King's Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. interesting. The, well, my, my biggest reason for thinking that. King is so invested in mm-hmm. the people, like mm-hmm. you know. The, the again, I'm 100 pages into the book, and I'm trying to think where, uh, like, where it is in the actual plot. Um, Barlow hasn't even shown up. Like, no one has died yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's still very early. It it yeah. feels like maybe. Thirty minutes into the um into the miniseries is roughly where it's at. Maybe Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Um, but like I'm I am a an entire book's worth of reading into this, Mm -hmm. and nothing's happened yet because it is all the backstory and all the characters, all the people.
2: Yeah. So, and I feel like this the this the film adaptation, you know, kind of does that. I mean, it's like yeah, you get like two hours of this thing, and it's basically just small town goings-on. You know, you got Fred Willard in his silk, silk uh, red shorts. God, I love Fred oh, ha- yeah. Having an affair, you know. Uh,
0: One of my favorite lines on the entire movie is, yeah. I sure do like your shorts. Oh, thank you. You must like them, too, since you still have them on.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great.
0: The, but, uh, so, I, I do think that uh, that Hooper did a great job of giving the feel of the town.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But without all the detail, so you know, like mm-hmm. the, um, uh, like, like the drunk at the bed and bec- bed and mm-hmm. breakfast that Ben is staying at. Mm-hmm. Like in the book you get his backstory and like how he used to be involved with uh, the, the woman who's running that B and B and how mm-hmm. like they used to have a relationship and it's faded, but like they still kind of are uh, very playful with each other. And mm-hmm. so like she lets him stay there because he does a lot of the chores and he hates doing the chores, but he does it because he still likes her, but he hates her. And like you, he spends a lot of time talking about them. Mm-hmm. They're not relevant. You don't need that for the story but it gives you so much and like you get that with everything. The The first time that you're introduced to uh, David, that doesn't sound right. Uh, what's the, what's the kid's name? Um, was it, was it David? Uh, the, um, I had it in my notes. Mark. Yeah. The first Mark. time that you meet Mark, Mark, like there's a bully who is either about to beat him up or he's beating someone else up. And so uh, like he's being very brainy of, I have to knock him down and then get away quick. And then like, there's all of this other stuff happening that you just don't get. And, and it's irrelevant. Like you don't need that for the story, at least uh, in the miniseries. but it gives so much of all of the ins and outs of this small town that you feel like, you know, all of their drama, you, you know, all of their mm-hmm. connections and, and I think that because of uh, watching Needful Things recently and mm-hmm. because of having seen Midnight Mass, I was expecting more of that. I was expecting mm-hmm. more small-town drama so that mm-hmm. when, uh, when Barlow does show up and starts turning everyone into vampires and turning them against each other, that like you really feel the tension bubbling over. But you don't get that. Like You get the small-town feel. You, you mm-hmm. get... Um, uh, boom boom bonnie and fred willard and uh to her husband being all drunk and like you get snippets of it mm-hmm. just not in as much depth and and again this sounds mm-hmm. like i'm giving shit to the movie i i love this movie i just had to shift my expectations of this is not yeah. a king movie this is a toby hooper film hmm and I've got some thoughts on that uh, in just a second, too. But before we, <laughs> we just spend all of the time talking about uh, my thoughts, what, what what are some of y'all's thoughts about the way that the town is handled and the way that the characters and the, their interactions are handled uh, in, in, in the movie, in the miniseries?
2: Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of had this uh, thing when I was watching the movie, like trying to place how old uh, is it Ted? Ned? I want to say Ned. Yeah. How mm-hmm. old Ned is and then the love interest. I I'm so terrible at remembering everyone's names in movies. Susan. Yeah. yeah Susan, Susan Norton. Like I was trying I was, Susan Norton. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out like, okay, are they just like right out of college? Are they both that of college? are they, you know, like because he reads like he's forty five years old, you know? <laughs>
0: then, so does Ben. And,
1: yeah it's, the, yeah, it's the 70s. You People who were 20 look 40 and people yeah, who are 40 you know, look 40. But, you know, there's this whole like,
2: <laughs> you know, he kind of goes courting, you know, and he goes to the girl's family and all. The, and it's just very like, well, what is going on here? You know, uh, but, you know, I think, too, a lot of that is like, well, yeah, the 70s. But, you know, I think the movie definitely has like a. You know, it, it's a, it was a TV movie, you know? So it was like, you know, so you're saying like, you know, yeah, two hours in you get the, um, you know, you finally get the vampire. Well, you've, you've kept, you know, the TV audience around for about a week at this point, yeah. you know? So, you know, and, and it's kind of, kind of has that TV movie pacing, which I think is sort of, uh, you know, especially that seventies TV movie pacing. But, uh, You know, it's so. I think that that's kind of where some of my feelings come in with the uh, the way they handle kind of the townspeople. You know, so it feels you know kind of drawn out in some ways.
0: Yeah, and and you said that you watched it like on VHS as a kid, right? Like you,
2: I did that, but that was like, I mean, I can't remember really. I think I remember when I watched it as a kid, feeling somewhat bored and feeling like it was a little chintzy just because i was like you know i had i obviously could have rented hellraiser you know like i mean so it was so you know when you're a kid and you're like you know 12 or 13 years old you know digging into a 70s horror movie where you know yeah you don't see the vampire for two hours is kind of a a you know kind of a chore you know yeah but uh but i think like going back and watching it late, you know now it's kind of like how i feel about phantasm when i was a kid and i watched it i wasn't as like sucked in by it as i am now because it's just completely batshit crazy because half the movie
0: is just running back and forth between the cemetery and their house
2: yeah it's it's insane but that's what i like about it and then there's the little guys that are throwing people into the You know, through that teleportation thing. I mean, it's amazing. It's great. It's almost a perfect movie. Ten out of ten. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, you know, those are those are sort of my thoughts. You know, I think it's kind of like when you view it, you have to be like, okay, this is like a TV movie. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's that's part of the that's something else that I was thinking about when I was watching it. Is I sat down and watched it all in one go. So mm-hmm. I spent three hours today watching Salem's mm-hmm. Lot mm-hmm. and I didn't have a chance. Like if I'd watch it as a miniseries to fill in the gaps of what's happening with, mm-hmm. Oh, what's going to happen next? You know, cause like when you watch a miniseries, you get to the, the end of that episode and then you have to wait. And mm-hmm. and so like you spend time thinking about like, Oh, what's Ned going to do when he finally meets Ben? What's he going to like, is, is mm-hmm. he going to beat him up? Is he going to kill him? is he, just not going to care like what and so because you have that time to wait Mm -hmm. i feel like you spend more time actually thinking about it and fill in some Mm -hmm. of those character development gaps with the what's going to happen and and i think that that's something that does get lost with watching it all at once you know and i I mentioned uh, midnight mass earlier the same thing there like mm-hmm. I, I binged that. I want to say in two sittings, two or three, I might've done, yeah. you know, like the first three episodes, the next three, and then the, the mm-hmm. last one, I can't remember, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to watch it all at once because mm-hmm. it was like, I want to sit with this story for a little bit. Yeah. I want to keep watching it because yeah. I, I was captivated and I wanted more, but I was like, I, I need to just sit with where these characters are so yeah. that I can feel the weight of what they're doing so that when I come back to it, there's some more of that anticipation and more of the all right. So this is where they left off. Now it's going to happen? Yeah. And 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 I I really mm-hmm. think that TV movies, especially miniseries, suffer mm-hmm. watching them all at once mm-hmm. b- because of that. Yeah, uh, Corey, yeah. you were about to say something uh, to to the point of you know like what what do you think about the the way that the town and the characters are are handled?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was also going to ask too. So when this premiered, was it epi- I, when I was like reading like Wikipedia, like I read like a Wikipedia page of it, too, just to kind mm-hmm. of like also refresh my memory there, like reading about it. Mm. And it said like number of episodes, two. Oh, wow! So did it was it like episodic as in like there were five episodes or 10 episodes or was it literally just. Wow, two kind know. of TV movies. Yeah, I think that it was.
0: Yeah, I think that it was a two like a two night event. I don't know if those were back to back, like a Friday Saturday, mm-hmm. or if it was okay. a Friday and then next Friday sort of thing. But like even the Shining yeah. miniseries was only a three night event. You know, I've
1: never seen that. I need to really watch that. For it sure. is
0: yeah. uh, going expecting TV movie.
1: Yeah, well it's, that's to my point about the towns and how it's portrayed. Um, that is kind of like the whole big thing for me is like. Mm-hmm. I am not a huge fan of the It miniseries. series, yeah. and I I love Tim Curry's portrayal of like Pennywise, but like I literally I do not like mm-hmm. like anything really about that miniseries, and it's kind of comparable to Salem's Lot. I like Salem's Lot better uh, mm-hmm. because of the I mean the acting and the writing is a little bit better, and like Toby I'm a huge Toby Hooper fan, so it's mm-hmm. like I really get the directing style, but I see it as like you've got a TV budget. Hey, you know, yeah. make sure, you know, we're not getting too many fancy pickup shots of all this, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. fanfare. Um, and so that's kind of how I feel about it. It's a TV movie. Mm-hmm. I think they capture a lot of the atmosphere better on a smaller scale. Um, like, for instance, when, like, uh, the Glick kid is at the window, you know, and that fog kind of rolls in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like...
2: Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. and then, like, that, 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 window. that That sound
1: uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah.
2: That, i think that that was like i mean i think all the vampires in it are kind of more terrifying than uh than mr barlow you know mm-hmm. like I,
1: I love the shot the eyes I like i love the reflective eyes i yeah. love that so much so good
2: yeah, I, yeah
0: the but, so, um, with the, like the kid vampires being even more terrifying than Barlow, mm-hmm. yeah, I, for the longest time, like I, I knew the vampire at the window. Cause like, that's just mm-hmm. a thing that, you know, if you yeah. know much about Salem's lot, yeah. I, I thought that it was Barlow. Like I didn't know that yeah. it was one of the mm-hmm. other kids. I thought that like the big shocking reveal and you know, like the scene that people were referencing of like, oh yeah, like that scene will fuck you up. Like you you'll never sleep in a second story uh, room ever again, a sort of thing. I thought (laughs) that when I thought that there was going to be the fog and then, you know, like out of nowhere, there was going to be Barlow and it was going to be like, that was going to be the big shocking reveal. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not what happened. Instead, Mm -hmm. it was a kid scraping Mm -hmm. at the window and it might not have been scarier, but it was way more unsettling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So unsettling. definitely. Yeah. I also think too, like in the seventies, a creepy kid was had way more, uh, power behind it, you know, yeah. more shocking yeah. power than it does now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing that, I remember seeing that as a kid and being way more freaked
1: out about it and being like, okay, that's creepy. Yeah, i felt know. the same even as an adult mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. kids were the, like the, the the scare in in the grave like when he jumps down in the grave and opens the, the coffin yeah. and he's just like looking yeah. and there's like that shot over his shoulder and then a reverse shot of him and then a shot over his shoulder and then the camera levels out and it's kind of like a, a uh, a 50 50, and uh, mm-hmm. he just sits up in the coffin. and I was like, God, yeah, like, you
2: know, ah. yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah,
1: yeah the super
0: creepy stuff. The, the scene at the window, I, mm-hmm. I, I've not researched it, um, but I could almost swear that they did some trickery of playing it uh, forward and reverse because it, they did,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. oh, really?
2: Yeah, like, there, there's uh, like because if you watch the fog, it, the way the fog kind of yeah. rolls in. That they've kind of, I think they, the way it kind of goes out, I can't remember. I'm kind of messing it up, but yeah, it is kind of, they shot it in reverse and backwards and, and at a higher speed.
0: Yeah, the, so, the fog. Yeah, I
1: did is, not notice that. that yeah. The that's fog wild. was so,
0: like, even just the fog was unsettling because of that. And that's yeah. one of the things that I love about having uh, the, the Hooper at the helm with this, mm-hmm. is those little details who's going to notice the fog and realize that that's part of what's making this so creepy is because it feels yeah. otherworldly because it's
2: going backwards yeah yeah
0: and and, and I, it's super and like yep i'm gonna move this forward and backwards and you're not going to know if if it's a dream if it's real and it it was it was beautiful yeah. like it was yeah. hauntingly disturbingly beautiful and yeah. i love it so much
2: yeah and i think it kind of talks to about like the uh the kind of ability that vampires have to sort of entrance you. Yeah. You know, cause mm-hmm. there's something very much about the, the way that that whole scene is shot, that it feels like you're in a trance and this kid's in a trance and like, you don't know what's going to happen. You just know, don't let him in the room, but he just does, you know, it's my buddy, you know, it was, it was are, why brother. are you being that way? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are you doing, why are you being like that? You yeah. Know?
0: So here's one of the other things that was so unsettling about that scene. None of this is outright said. It's just all subtext of other vampire lore.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and because of, you know like how closely this follows uh, Dracula and all of mm-hmm. the different iterations of the Dracula story, mm-hmm. typically, either Dracula is going into the bedroom of one of the women that he wants mm-hmm. to bed, or it's one of Dracula's brides that's like going mm-hmm. in and, and trying to entice people. Yeah, this was a kid like the the first exposure that you get in Salem's lot that is the parallel with Dracula's brides Mm -hmm. is a kid and knowing how King treats children in his stories and the way that he plays with fear and also Mm -hmm. the fact that uh, this last week I watched both Dolores Claiborne and Gerald's game and (laughs) (laughs) and having yeah so having Oof. both of those plot lines of the way that children are treated to then see the kid be the first one who had mm-hmm. been turned by a vampire is like I oh, wait is there some underlying vampire sex things going on here because ah oh, this makes it feel so much creepier and, and again none of that's yeah. outright said yeah but but is you <clears throat> playing on that lore it gave me the just mm-hmm. this makes me uneasy
1: yeah. Yeah. I think, I think another thing, too, about like uh, having like a kid vampire try to go get other vampires is that people are more willing to try and help the kid, which means that they will get closer to the kid. to be like, oh, what's wrong, buddy? And yeah. it's like, ah, I'm a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're, you're too close already. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, the subtext, obviously, I think is, is I don't know, maybe negotiable, uh, but like yeah. it's <laughs> definitely, I definitely see your point now that you've mentioned it. I yeah. can't not think about it so it's definitely in my head now thank you for that
0: um, <laughs> you're welcome go back Go back and rewatch yeah. that scene and tell me yeah. that it doesn't creep you out even more this time yeah
1: I think another one of my favorite things about uh, how like the the vampirism in this one is portrayed is like almost kind of like they are what's that what's the word I'm trying to think of they're like underlings like they're not really vampires. A or a they're familiar? like a, they're like a zombified vampire you know yeah, like they're yeah. not like speaking really like coherently yeah. they're just kind of like yeah like they're like that scene when he's in the house and he like looks behind him and there's like two of them like crawling towards him on the yeah. floor yeah. you know it's like that kind of stuff it's like oh you're not really like an actual vampire yet you're yeah. still kind of like in that like transitional I'm, yeah. I'm a zombie and i just need blood kind of yeah. vampire yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they, they're still
0: that. in that like quasi-human, quasi-animalistic, mm-hmm. dead but mm-hmm. undead, uh, but living sort of thing. Um, the uh, so here's one of the other things that I was thinking about with the the way that vampires are handled in Salem's Lot. and again, not really a complaint. I don't ever want to sound like I'm complaining because I truly love Salem's Lot. Just all of the oh, "I could have been so much more" type of thoughts the fact that none of the people died, they all got turned. Mm -hmm. That's a terrible way to ensure food supply because (laughs) like the the way that they're growing exponentially means exponentially you're going to run out of food. And you know, the logical side of me is like, why would you go to a small town where very quickly Mm -hmm. it's just like, all right, well, we've used up all the food. But where I feel like this could have been so much more Kingian is if there had been so much more of the focus on the town's relationships and, like, why some of them are already distrustful of others and why some of them already don't like each other and, like, uh, dealing with the – when you're in Salem's lot, you're trapped and, you know, like, why Ben left when he was 10 and, like, everyone Mm -hmm. trying to escape town to then have an outsider come in and to almost, like, force all of them – into being trapped in his world. Like, I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like there could have been a lot more parallels of how people, humans felt trapped in Salem's lot and mm-hmm. how the undead were now trapped as uh, slaves of Barlow. And and I feel like there, I, I don't know if this is in the book or not, but I feel like there could have been a lot more parallels of of those dynamics between the people and the vampires and then, you know, like you said, maybe they were more likely to help a kid which is why maybe one of the kids were uh, turned first or maybe mm-hmm. people are already so distrusting of others that then when someone's like, oh but, but they're a vampire, I saw them alive just yeah, sure you did, whatever mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know I, I don't know um, I don't really have a question there. Yeah. I just have thoughts with it.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> I did read uh, so I, I told you I didn't read the book but I did read like a compare like a pretty comprehensive comparison mm-hmm. between like the show and the book mm-hmm. and um, are you okay with discussing the book spoilers too I mean uh, no it's care?
0: yeah, it's, it's fine yeah. I'll get around to reading okay. it eventually
1: well I, well I do like the way the book ends more than I did like the way the show ends or mm-hmm. the the the, mo- the movie ends uh, uh, and I think that that honestly it would have had a stronger impact and I wonder why they didn't do it uh when in the in the book he, he sets fire to the Marston house and there's a it causes a wildfire that sweeps the whole town up in a, a flame.
3: Well they, like they he say sets, that's like, the going whole
1: to town happen. on fire essentially.
0: They they say yeah, that they just yeah. don't show it.
1: Well but in the book in the in the in the show it, you see like the, the holy water glow and he's like they found us, you know, mm-hmm. and then you kinda like get back there and uh, you know, it's like he's running in the book I think he like goes back to like fight. He's yeah. like, we're gonna go back and finish him off, you know. But yeah, in the yeah. movie, it seems like he's like, oh, we gotta keep running. They they found us yeah. again, you know. It's like it's an interesting, it's an interesting, you know, uh, a differential. Like I wonder why they did that instead of kind of making it more of a hunter, you know, in a mm-hmm. way.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do remember that from the book where it was like, I'm he has to go back to end the evil. Like he just sort of yeah. weighed on his conscience too much. Like he had gotten out of there and he had to had to go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that yeah. might've probably been more confusing for the, for the movie possibly, you know? Yeah. You yeah, get a maybe.
0: little bit of that. Like you get, a
2: yeah.
0: L- I don't know because I, I can't remember at the end if I felt like they were running or if they were hunting,
3: mm-hmm. like hmm.
0: uh, what Mark was saying made it sound more like you have to get out of there. You have to just run and keep running. But I don't know I think that there was something that Ben said or maybe just the way that that he was um, the way that he was acting I got a little bit more of a sense of they're staying on the move as a way to like keep drawing them out I, I don't know none of that was explicitly mm-hmm. said well, yeah um,
1: the, that doesn't make sense though the thing yeah. that I
0: do love about the ending though is the that that emotional closure of having to kill off Susan
3: and yeah oh yeah yeah
0: like <laughs> yeah like you could see it coming a mile away yeah but it was still be, because you didn't know what happened to her Uh, you know like I, I kept thinking Ben's kind of a dick just setting fire to the house and be like sorry Susan without even trying to see whether or not she was still alive because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know that Barlow was still asleep she could have yeah. been just fine yeah And so seeing her as a vampire, it's like, okay, obviously she turned Maybe She had didn't turn right then, but like that would have been the only time for her to have turned. And, and so seeing that she was a vampire, I feel even if it didn't give the audience closure, I feel like it gave the character closure because I suspect that he was constantly wondering whether or not she had turned when he burned the house down. Mm hmm. And, and so it's like oh you're a vampire good now I can kill you and and be okay with mm-hmm. it I, I feel like the character needed that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I think
3: yeah
0: um, I, I have other thoughts but I'm trying to oh. scroll th- through and see what they are uh, as I'm doing this is there anything that either of you want to focus on
1: yeah I was just going to mention really quick from earlier that Midnight Mass is my favorite Salem slot a- adaptation
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So It really is. I mean, it, it does kind yeah. of owe so much to Salem's Lot. It's sort of like a, a love letter to it in a, in a lot yeah. of ways. So, you
0: know? I I have a theory mm-hmm. that I hope that both of you are on board with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Midnight Mass is obviously, so obviously inspired uh, visually
1: mm-hmm. by Salem's
0: Lot. You know, like the, the vampire is very uh, Barlow-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a small mm-hmm. town. Vampire comes in, turns the entire town very quickly. Everyone is just mm-hmm. a vampire. I, I definitely think there's a lot visually. Mm-hmm. However, thematically, I think that Midnight Mass is a silver bullet remake, not mm. a Salem's Lot remake.
2: Whoa. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. All right.
1: Be, a lot to unpack. Oh,
0: be, because yeah. you've got the priest. <laughs> As the one who everyone thinks yeah, is there, trying right. the to, is to save the, the town, the werewolf. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and he is trying to do good, sort of initially, mm-hmm. but the the more that he is a werewolf, the more he is drawn to the evil side of things. The more he mm-hmm. then, um, you know, in, engages in the werewolfism, much yeah. in the same way that the preacher in uh, Midnight Mass thinks that he is doing good for the mm-hmm. town thinks that he's doing good for the congregants but the longer that he's under the power of the vampire the more he is is drawn to it um so yeah i think that midnight mass has more in common with silver bullet but then just taking it visually from uh salem's lot
2: that's interesting that's, that's interesting good,
1: i mean i like it I like there's not it.
2: enough fireworks and uh <laughs> midnight mass for me to uh uh, the,
0: the the entire last episode is fire working.
2: The, oh, fire working. That's yes. true. Yeah, that's <laughs> I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, you're blowing my mind with that one. That's what I'm here for. Yeah,
1: it really made me the ending of that really made me sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that it, it, it feels like a love letter to Salem's lot. And I feel like that. I really, really wish the whole Warner Brothers thing wasn't going down like it is because I was very 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 looking forward to that Salem's Lot like release mm-hmm. um that new the new movie. Um
2: was it was it uh who was attached to that? Was it
1: um I think Adrian Brody was attached to be uh, uh the Barlow. Mare's? Well, you oh, know they, did, oh, they they
2: did oh. the TV show, the Salem's Lot or Jerusalem's Lot TV show.
1: It...
2: That came Chapel out, White, right? Chapel White, yeah, and it's basically Adrian
1: Brody's in that. Yeah, that's Adrian what, Brody. That's in, what it is. Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's actually really good. It it has more to do with like Jerusalem's Lot, which is Salem's Lot, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, it, it was really good. It was fun. It was good. Uh, good old timey uh, uh, frontier spookiness, you know. I, I wouldn't to even really that. call it frontier. It's more like colonial spookiness sixteen. I really need to watch that for kind sure. of stuff. Yeah, it was, it was really, fun. Yeah. I think it's only one season too, and I don't I mean, and it, it kind of wraps up. I don't think that there's a there's a um, another season.
0: What, what's mm-hmm. it on? I've not I've not seen it before.
2: I think I saw it on Hulu. Oh is mm-hmm. it yeah I think so. Um <clears throat> Chapel White, yeah that's yeah. what it was called. It was fun.
0: I will have to check on that. Yeah. Um so,
1: I also yes. wanted to Yes. One more thing. I'm yes. sorry. No, I'll no, I, all the other, things. I I've wanted got to, so
0: much to say. I, I
1: think I think that we would be remiss also without mentioning um, just years after about a decade after Salem's lot uh, there was also Nightflyer, the short uh, the short story by Stephen King. Um I don't which was all good heard that. One. Oh man. So <laughs> You were in for a ride. I've not yeah. read
0: it, but I watched Nightflyer for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh we covered yes. it with uh, Bill Ferkerson from Survival of the Survival of the Film Freaks. Ooh, boy Nightflyer he, is...
1: he was wearing a black cape. Inside was fire engine red and the outside was <laughs> darker than a gopher's asshole. <laughs>
3: Uh oh, wow. night
1: night flyer is about um, a suspected vampire that is <laughs> flies a private plane into airports across America oh, wow. and does it does his killing, his hunting, and then hops back in his airplane, Why? takes off back to the next
2: Wow. <laughs> oh wow, this is a total like <laughs> blind spot for me. So this is I am watching the trailer right now. <laughs> Just oh like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is, how did I not know about this?
0: It it's a is new amazing. I and mean, it's it's kind yeah. of not crappy. It's very crappy, But it is so yeah. amazing. It, uh, it it has a lot of the very Kingian tropes of the quote unquote mm-hmm. protagonist is a writer who is mm-hmm. drawn up into the supernatural world and uh, you know, dealing with the ramifications of it. However, it also feels very uh, Richard Bachman-y because mm-hmm. the writer Rather than being very, you know, like quaint, or being, you know, just the the sort of um, soft spoken English teacher type who's drawn into this evil world, the uh, the main character writes for tabloids, like weekly world Mm -hmm. news type of stuff, and he talks like a hard boiled detective, and like he just he feels so cynical, and like he thinks that he's gritty, but not like real gritty. Uh, and and so like it it has more of a Bachman feel, but still yeah. all of the King tropes and and it similar to Salem's Lot, is very very centered around the vampire, and you don't see it until almost the very end. And the the vampire reveal in uh, Nightflyer, that one was a bit more of a shock, even though I had similar to Salem's Lot, I had seen the vampire before. So I knew what it looked like actually seeing it in action in the movie. I was like, Oh my God, that's how it works. One of the most unique vampire designs uh, with, with the anatomy of how it actually sucks blood. So many interesting things that you don't typically get from other vampire movies. Yeah. Like, like you get to see uh, it pee blood, lots
1: of blood. <laughs> the only reason yeah. I bring up Nightflyer is to make the parallel of King evolving his van like because he very clearly loves vampires because there's tons of vampires of like everything that like he has written like dr sleep those are like vampires essentially you know um and like pennywise is kind of a vampire he feeds off fear Mm -hmm. you know in a way he sucks that out of people you know and and kills them so it's like i find all of his vampire iterations very uh like it's almost like he like He really, he hit his stride and then he was like, let's just see how many weird vampire-ish creatures I can, you know, really come up with. But Salem's Law is like that, really that first kind of love letter to Stoker Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I'm going to make this vampire, um, you know, story really really yeah. work and resonate and i think that's why i like it a lot more than pretty much a, a lot more of his other mm-hmm. works yeah. even in, even though it's like his second thing you know mm-hmm. and and uh nathan to make you feel better uh i've only read like three or four of his books mm-hmm. in total so uh you know don't feel bad that you haven't re- I, read a title i don't of them, feel so. bad
0: i've watched a ton yeah. of king movies yeah recently yeah. because of yeah. this series and i have i have so many thoughts because of it um, what of the things uh, Corey as you were talking about that with like this being his love letter to to Stoker and to Dracula and it having a lot more of those classic elements you know this being much more of just a gothic tale mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know set yep. in New England Uh, and, and even though I already said that I feel like the miniseries doesn't quite delve into things nearly as much as the book there are a few things that I do think give you huge huge insights into King and and just uh the the progression of his work over the next however many decades. Primarily, again, going back to the Marston House, and when Ben Mears is talking about like how can a place be evil, you know, Mm -hmm. because of the things that happened there when the house was being built, because of the things that took place there after it was built, you know, like can it just absorb all of this evil? (laughs) To me, that was bringing up a, a huge king trope of generational trauma and, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, like not being able to to fully escape these things that happen mm-hmm. to you. And so, you know, like, is, is the house evil? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But that doesn't matter within the context mm-hmm. of the story. What matters is there is this place that brings out the worst in people. And the mm-hmm. more that it brings out the worst the more worse people actually go there. So, mm-hmm. you know, like again, dealing with that generational trauma, dealing with uh, this environment, absorbing all of that evil energy, like that's a thing that shows up in a ton of King works. I mean, you, you get mm-hmm. that in The Shining, you get that with Pennywise, mm-hmm. you get that with um, uh, other ones that I can't think of right now because I'm trying to Gerald's
1: <laughs> game,
2: Gerald's game. stand. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he does he does like that you know and
2: i think like you know i always think about the vampires cur- sort of being this like cursed creature you know who's like yeah. you know whose evil like a disease has kind of taken them over and you know barlow is so gone that he doesn't look like a person anymore mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like the evil is like transformed him so much That he now looks like the you know Nosferaktu. you know, and and it's sort of like you know you can kind of think about that sort of evil like it it sort of infects the people that he's bitten and they've they he's controlling their mind as well you know like they're kind of his little minions yeah you know oh Uh, man so
0: sorry go go, okay go ahead
2: oh no go ahead go ahead I was
0: was just getting excited because uh, and and again. This is why I emphasize. I love Salem's Lot. Even with some of my mm-hmm. critiques, there's so much more that I love about it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get some of those critiques out of the way, so that then uh, diving even more into it just, I can focus even more on the. Oh my god, I love this about it. Oh my god, I love the fact that uh, Straker. That's that, that's how it's pronounced, right? Straker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he is not the stereotypical. Uh, Renfield character you know mm-hmm. like in all of the other Dracula iterations Renfield is being controlled by Dracula and mm-hmm. like he's lost his mind and even though there are some amazing portrayals of him I mean the, the laugh that Dwight mm-hmm. Frye gives you in uh, in Dracula is one of the most haunting mm-hmm. sounds ever mm-hmm. uh, Tom, Tom Waits in um, uh, oh, shit which version of Dracula was Tom Waits in um, that was
2: the Coppola
1: one was it right? Bram's, is it, Bram's, is it Bram, yeah, Stoker, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. Okay. Gary Oldman's Dracula. Yeah. One,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, th- th- I've got too many of them on the brain, uh, but yeah, like typically all of the other Renfield characters are weak and and they mm-hmm. are very like, oh please don't hurt me, master. Please let me live. You said you were going to give me a spider. Please, master. Yeah. And in Salem's Lot, Straker is a <laughs> bit more of like an evil badass. Like he has yeah. so much more power and he's just like he's he's reveling in it mm-hmm. to the point where I don't think that he was necessarily like brought in by uh by Barlow I think yeah. that Straker was probably like oh you're evil cool so am I I'm evil yeah. during the day you can be and, evil at night we're gonna be a good team you and I
2: yeah and he definitely seems like a man who who likes his comforts and his antiques and his things like that so I'm sure that like partnering with a vampire yeah, is definitely a, a power move you know like a way to set yourself up Yeah, you know and just keep the you know uh, and just kind of keep the vampire happy you know so yeah
0: yeah so I, I love the way that they made him so much more sinister and mm-hmm. made him more of an imposing presence mm-hmm. rather than just an ominous oh there's something spooky about him like it I, I mm-hmm. really appreciate uh, how, how they handled that character
1: I think to Mm -hmm. your point too that one of the one of the best scenes uh that i really like to quote a lot from that movie is uh in the kitchen when the priest is like got his Mm -hmm. little cross yeah and straker's like face the master put down the the crucifix and face and like and barlow's just kind of like standing there you know like Mm -hmm. ready and he's like face the master and man to man or whatever you know and it's like i think that's awesome because he's not like groveling or anything it kind of feels like he is in control of Barlow in mm-hmm. a way, like he's like, you know, we'll get this priest, you know, yeah, like yeah, patience, yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> and
1: goad him into a to a uh, to a one on one combat or whatever. He's like, yeah, of course you're gonna win, bro. Don't worry, yeah. Get him to put down the crucifix, so we'll get him to go. We'll get him, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So great,
0: yeah. And, and his line about oh, like man. faith against faith, you know, like the the, the yeah. faith in the vampire sure obviously that's going to win out like it Mm -hmm. was oh it it was the guy so many things were handled so incredibly well
1: Mm -hmm. and speaking of scares i think another one of like the scariest parts of that movie is when uh they're in the kitchen and like the windows blow out and everything like that and then he's underneath the cloak yeah and he's just kind of like moving and the cloak's just kind of like getting bigger and bigger you know and like I don't know if it's like a hidden cut.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. Maybe
1: there was a hole in the floor They're or something. It's just kind of It's, almost, up. it's yeah. almost flat, you yeah. know? And then all of a sudden there's a man that appears underneath it. You're like, I'm like, I think that's what really creeps it out because like, I don't know, like that's obviously yeah. not like a, a cut or anything there. So there must've been like a hole in the floor to yeah. get that unnatural, like, Oh, there's just this flat sheet. And now there's a person underneath yeah. it, you know, yeah, <laughs> really, cre-
2: really creepy. <laughs> that is one thing that I can never get enough of. in really any movie is like a creepy vampire, like an otherworldly yeah. kind of way of portraying it, you know? Again, I thought Midnight Mass did a pretty good job of that too. You know? Yeah. yeah. Kind of making the the uh the vampire sort of angelic, you know. Yeah. Gotta love yeah, that. Which was, which was so awesome.
0: Yeah. Well and yeah, the, the, I met the, an
1: angel.
2: The
0: yeah. um the, the kitchen scene, one of the other great things about that is it shows Barlow as almost more elemental. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's not just this creature. It shows mm-hmm. him more like he is moving on the fog, and he is you know something that can't be stopped. he's this unstoppable presence, mm-hmm. not just an undead creature and, and and again, it doesn't really dig into it it doesn't give you all of the backstory, but it mm-hmm. gives you just enough of this feels so unlike Dracula, even though again, even though it basically is just the Dracula story, it mm-hmm. felt so. Different in a way that it did feel like it was doing something new and it did feel like it was um, r- really taking some of those tropes in and, and putting their own spin on them. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of things having their own spin on them, I want to talk at least for a little bit about um, about Toby Hooper and mm-hmm. the way that he infuses comedy into what he does. And Corey, earlier when you said that um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was basically Southern Gothic, basic uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a dark comedy. Like, sure, fine, it's yeah. horrific, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy. It is. It is a Looney Tunes episode with cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, especially when uh, when Gunner, uh, you know, Leatherface is running and he like runs past the screen and then comes back and is running towards the screen Mm -hmm. uh, which I always find hilarious also the reason that happened just some behind the scenes on a movie we're not even talking about is because uh, like he kept slipping uh, and so he kept just falling and busting his ass whenever he would just try to take a sharp corner so the only way that he could do that without falling was to run past his mark to slow down enough to then come back
2: (laughs) which I love Awesome. But
0: yeah, the, the way that Hooper handled uh the, the way that Hooper handled this movie, I almost feel like he was making fun of seventies horror because mm. the the opening credits and the music mm-hmm. felt like the kind of like mid to late eighties horror comedies making fun of late seventies horror movies. So yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like like think the music from clue or from yeah. Transylvania six, 5,000 or Poor from house or from <laughs> house or an American werewolf in London, or like some yeah. of these movies that, uh, that were more like they were still being respectful to horror. They were still doing justice, but they were having fun with it. Mm-hmm. This felt like it was having fun with it. So much music oh, yeah. felt yeah. like it was, Oh, this is the kind of music that you hear in spooky seventies horror movies. So we're going to give you the exact music that yeah. sounds like an 80s yeah. show uh, riffing on 70s horror. Yeah. And th- th- there's a couple of things that uh, that I'm going to use as supporting for evidence of this. One, going back to that kitchen scene, is you get a three stooges, Barlow knocking their heads together like coconuts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it killing them um uh, but the 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 even stronger evidence for me the music through so much of this i think is incredibly cheesy and again i mm-hmm. feel like it's playing and, and having fun until again going back to the the kid at the window mm-hmm. the music there felt like it was from a different movie yeah. it, it felt so drastically different yeah. and, and the sound design and it felt like it was going from, yeah, we're just kind of having fun with woo vampire spooky, huh? <laughs> Checking mm-hmm. this out, to hey, vampires. Yeah, this is real fun. Yeah.
2: This is yeah, yeah, this is spooky. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, I you know, I definitely think that there's a lot of humor in it, I think. I mean, again, Fred Willard and his, you know, red shorts.
3: <laughs> you know,
2: that's <laughs> he's, he's, that he's, whole he's scene is hilarious. You know, and the fact that uh, was it Boom Boom Betty, you know, she comes home and is like, you know, hey, don't get drunk tonight. You know, I want to have some fun. <laughs> and he's like, hey, get me a beer. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's just these weird little, you know, things. And,
0: and also, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure some point. of it was uh, it just an, an issue with not um, like not having product placement. But the fact that all of the mm-hmm. beers just said beer.
1: On them? Yeah. Beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so good. Yeah.
1: You there know, clearly I, a Budweiser label with just beer on it. Yeah. American beer or whatever. Yeah.
2: Like- I, you know, I kind of wonder too, with that, you know, sort of saying that about like, you know, 70s horror and stuff. Like, so Chainsaw, it came out in like about 74. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be 79. Mm-hmm. And so you know that they must have been like, promoting this thing as like from the director of Texas chainsaw yeah. probably. you know, like yeah. they, and so like, I, I kind of wonder like what that, what the buzz was around the whole movie, like when it started, like when it was about to air and like, what, what were they, how were they marketing it? You know,
1: it's crazy too, because like, if you think like Halloween came out just a year before that mm-hmm. in 78 mm-hmm. and, uh, like i don't know like it's it's crazy to me because like one of the one of the most nuts thing i think of, like that i know about like trivia with stephen king mm-hmm. is the fact that like you know this was his second novel that he was ever published mm-hmm. and he was only like 23 years old yeah so you got to feel like wonder what it was like for this like Cause I mean, like when he was in his twenties, he was kind of like a yeah. a, a force of nature. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was just kind of he was just kind of like this crazy kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, did they let him do press for yeah, this? Yeah, like, uh, you know, It's yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> it's like mousy, 20- <laughs> crazy, <laughs> yeah. or redneck. You know.
1: Yeah, are there like interviews of like this? Probably what twenty five at the time this came out. Yeah, twenty six years old Stephen yeah. King promoting this? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's
2: that wild. that also, you know, that rise to stardom like that for him is really kind of what caused some of his problems, you know, yeah, yeah. The, like, drugs and alcohol and everything. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you've read his uh, book on writing. I Stephen need King to book. read
1: that book. It's, I have to read it's,
2: it. It's pretty awesome. I mean, he kind of, he kind of gets into some of that stuff and like how it kind of twisted his brain a little bit. Yeah. You know, that wild. kind of success. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I, th- I
1: just,
2: you know, I don't know, man. I just love a good vampire movie, yeah. You
1: know, well, well, I, I wonder if that, the buzz around this was kind of like how they, when you know, the exorcist came to theaters and they would like put those big posters outside, warning, was, like, yeah. people. Warning, yeah. you know, do not see this but <coughs> since it was on TV, it was cable. Yeah. I feel like this was really scary yeah. for like a cable television. Well, this television, would have been like TV series. This wouldn't have
2: been cable, this would have been just regular broadcast television,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah,
2: because cable at the time, you know, it was not, you know, that wasn't in every every home, at least till the mid 80s, really.
1: Yeah, I was born in 92, I don't Good know, grief.
0: I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, 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 this, yeah, this is broadcast uh, this is like ABC. <laughs> Uh, also, yeah. it's, it's only rated PG. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like, hey, here's your dead friend floating in your window to turn you into a vampire, kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That's,
0: some yeah, of it's, it's because crazy. they don't show any of the blood. Mm hmm. Some of yeah, it's because yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff happens off screen.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think when this was made, like, they wouldn't have rated it PG 13. I don't think that that was. There, that I don't think PG thirteen was around then
1: I, existed no. yet. Yeah, I don't think. Um,
2: yeah, but uh, I, I can't remember the history on that. I feel like it was like Raiders of the Lost Dark that made, or not Raiders, but Temple of Doom is what mm. made PG thirteen. Yeah, uh, I, or, feel, I feel like there's some well, like it was the first one that was. Wrong.
0: Yeah, it was. It was definitely one of the Indiana Jones movies. Either was the <laughs> yeah. first one that was rated PG thirteen, or yeah. it was the reason that the rating was created. Yeah. And and then the next movie that came out was like because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I I can only imagine what this must have been like for people when they mm-hmm. first saw it and what the marketing <laughs> must have been like. And, and again, like me having seen it just with all of the pop culture knowledge of it and mm-hmm. how it met some expectations, it definitely exceeded some expectations, but it also didn't live up to it. I wonder what kind of critical mm. reception it had at the time because of that, because of from the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the master of yeah. War, Stephen King, yeah. and then it's just like here's a small town drama until yeah. eventually a couple of kids die, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah, you get sure. a, a vampire that man. Even when Barlow finally shows up uh, in in Ned's cell, like again, it's it's almost comical. Like it, it almost was like a hey, I'm the vampire kind yeah, of yeah, sounds yeah, going on with yeah. it,
1: and it's just. And I always kind of, uh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry.
0: Oh no, no, that was it. I was just trailing off into a thought. No, oh,
1: I, I, I always kind of think it's really funny too. Like when uh, that there's the scene where they open Barlow's coffin, you know, and he just kind of goes, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Like I always thought that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like a comedic, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. point like to the rest of the film I like, you were talking about how it's like a comedy like uh, it's like a comedy as in like how Lars von Trier films are black comedies yeah. it's like the Toby Hooper <laughs> kind of parallel there like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a dark comedy you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty funny and sometimes um, but it's also terrifying yeah. like yeah. horrific Um, yeah. and this is I feel like with uh, for like 79 I just feel like watching this on TV yeah. would have been like Wonder how many letters the station? Oh had, yeah, you know, yeah. like or like you know, been, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and it would have been crazy too, because you know you think about it, like you know these kind of films were not like the, I, I, you know they would make movies like this without ever thinking it was going to be available for you to watch again on whenever you wanted to, you mm-hmm. know. So like I always feel like there's certain like things. There's there's kind of things that I sort of round off my judgments about with with some of uh, these films, especially if it's like a TV show or or a a TV movie where it's like they made it for broadcast and it was going to broadcast and then they would probably rebroadcast it some other time, but they never I think in a million years thought that you would have
1: a VHS of it. You know that I have never thought about. (laughs) that before yeah. like some dude in the 19 like in 1965 that made a film and it's like oh this is going to go into a movie theater and then that's it you never no one ever the I- in the future yeah. will ever see the this idea
2: city, of being you know? able to that we all could have watched this film today was you know <laughs> kind of that's wild not, you know and I, I think about that too with like you know I'm a big star trek fan and the original series you know like they never intended that to be you know the, not even reruns like mm-hmm. that wasn't even a thing, you know. So like syndication, you know, where they would sell a show off to like smaller markets and they would just run it and run it and run it, it was never even a, a consideration. Yeah. And so they, they it's never like even, they would make
0: yeah. they never even expected it to go beyond five years. Like there's a reason that the original Star yeah. Trek was its five year mission. To explore yeah. strange new worlds, and the next generation was its continuing mission. Yeah, you know, the yeah. first one yeah. it was. We'll be lucky if we can get five years out of this. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. At, it's, did, did it run for five years? How long did it actually run? Uh,
2: I don't I know. It doesn't uh, matter. Three seasons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So was but, it was uh, only a,
0: a three <laughs> five year mission for three it, seasons.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's like I, I kind of think about that stuff with all these, you know, TV movies. It's like it's it's sort of. They were supposed to be just aired and then, you know, maybe you'd see it again next Halloween or something, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Um, but yeah. Yeah. Man. That's wild. I've never even thought about it from that perspective. You really just kind of put yeah. a spin on my yeah. entire like thought
2: process just gotta, behind
1: like older films. Yeah.
2: You got to be old like me. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> when, when it was hard to find any movie, you know? Yeah. If, you, if your local place didn't have it, you just, you were out of luck.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I feel like there's really like, you know, I, I, I really want to watch, I need to watch the Rob Lowe um, version of this because I truly think that like the 79 version is like, you know, oh, the version
2: yeah. of this. I forgot there was a re- remake.
1: 2004. Oh, wow. There was. And I've never seen it. And I need to watch that probably. Was that, but on, I still think that,
2: was that on TV? I have no idea. Oh my gosh. Um, I got to look this up now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was or not, uh, but I need to watch it because I feel like I need to compare now. Yeah. But I still mm-hmm. suspect that the 79 would be, uh, you know, the steeple. Yeah. The, the steeple Definitely. version.
0: I mean, you know, sometimes the remakes aren't terrible. Uh, for example, the Shining miniseries. Nowhere near as good as Kubrick when it comes to just overall style and uh and and just the atmosphere. But it's not bad. Like there's a lot of things about it that I think are done really, really well. For one, I love Steven Weber. Uh, but it also gets a lot more um the gets a lot more out of the the book in terms of presenting mm-hmm. Jack Torrance as like a a good father mm-hmm. who's drawn into the evil of uh of the overlook as opposed to Jack Nicholson just being just outright an evil drunk from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So and, who knows? Maybe the 2004 version will yeah. be uh, that bad. Yeah. Um. All right. So, th- th- so there's just a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Uh, the, None of these really need like a discussion. It's just a few things. I'm like, yeah. ah, I, I, we, I, we have to mention them. <laughs> Um, for one some of the humor um, I, I've mentioned this on a lot of the king episodes recently. I think one of the things that really shines through with the best king adaptations are the ones that understand King's humor. We've already talked okay. about a little bit about Toby Hoop- Toby Hooper's humor uh, in in this but there's some of those lines like the one about uh, Fred Willard in the red shorts but also when the when the priest is talking about like evil with a small e, and Ben says, "Yeah, mm-hmm. like Satan with a small tail." <laughs> yeah. Some of those yeah. lines, <laughs> I, I I loved, and that is definitely some of uh, King's you know, small town New uh, sure. England humor coming through. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier at not or not. I know that I referenced Needful Things, but mm. the, uh, the the antique store so reminds me of Needful Things. Yeah, and also Mark the the kid. His room, first off, is just like a badass '80s horror room, and it's huge. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: huge. With s- the Wolfman mask. Yeah,
0: tons of you know, like, like Universal, universal stuff, monsters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. one That's of the great. things that I love so much about that is, uh, again, some of those parallels between his room and the antique store. And uh, I, I feel like there's a little bit of, of interplay of, you know, like being drawn into this world from a safe distance mm-hmm. and then like presenting yourself as an upstanding member of society in the, you know, the, the, the depths of evil. So I like some of that, uh, uh, some of those dichotomies that are presented there also in Mark's room and the way that Mark was writing the, the school place all that I could think of was uh, Rushmore. And I was like, you know what? I would love
2: to see a <laughs> yeah. Wes
0: Anderson remake of Salem's Lot.
2: Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, can't you <laughs> I can see it, it now. Yeah. I can just see it now, like, just this, like, flat, this like, you know, an overhead shot and then just one single coffin moving yeah. up into frame, like, <laughs> exactly. right in the middle. Yeah. One wooden coffin. <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> and it opens and he goes uh hey guys I'm I'm yeah up. and uh, it is Adrian Brody you're going to turn you guys it's yeah. Adrian Brody yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i have you're going to turn uh, you guys into vampires
2: have Phil yeah, Murray Owen and Strecker yeah <laughs> Owen Wilson's like i just came back to you know right you know right about this house <laughs> <Yeah>. wow <laughs>
0: I would love to see as uh, Ben mirrors that that would be amazing yeah yeah Uh, yeah, that's I I think that's pretty much everything that that I had that I felt like we really needed to talk about again I love this movie I Mm -hmm. am Mm -hmm. very very gladly going to rewatch it I'm definitely Mm going to share it with friends drags a little bit in the middle but whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I I, I love it it's amazing I adore it Um, Travis yeah, anything that we have not yet covered that you feel like we are not doing justice to Salem's lot. If we don't at least mention it, even if we don't go into detail, anything that you feel is like, ah, God, if, if we don't even talk about blah, then did we even talk about Salem's lot?
2: You know, I, uh, I don't know. I think we could have talked more about kind of the courting process between, uh, you know, the two main characters you know the love interest in the thing and how strange and 70s it was uh so where they strange. go hang out but yeah well it's like you know they you know they pack a picnic and they go to the the river but you know they just it was there was something about it that was just really kind of hilarious to me it was <laughs> just you know uh very 70s
0: some uh, of that i think is also, some of that i think is also a change from the book to uh to the miniseries yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my take on the book was that Ben Mears was a bit more uh, like, like introverted or a little bit sh- more sheepish and that Susan was yeah. a bit more, yeah. a bit more outgoing and a bit less flighty. Um, yeah. In the movie, uh, uh, Ben yeah. seemed a little too cocky.
2: Yeah. Ben's really, go- he goes in hard too. Yeah. when he sees her and he's like, bam and she's yeah. like well I had him your wife who's like "Yeah, she's dead don't worry about it you know let's <laughs> go hang up by the river He's you like, know you, you gotta respect like, books that have me on yeah. the back
0: cover of them
2: maybe this is just my own like personal interest and in what the hell is going on with them but you know uh, who knows but I think it's just kind of funny it's one of those like fun things that I, I it's there's certain things in some movies that I see and I just get so fixated about about it like the sandwiches in Psycho, like mm. this is where I get tangential, and I'm, I'm very sorry about this, but you know, please was, go on. When I was watching Psycho, you know, the original Psycho, and Norman Bates is asking, um, uh, oh, what's her name? The Marion. Yeah. Uh, to he's like, you know, oh, I'm just having dinner. You know, I'm just making some sandwiches, and invites her up, and they're just eating these like. I guess cheese sandwiches with like big glasses of milk. And for some reason I was just so fixated on that. I was like, what did people eat back then? Just you know, what was the deal? You know? Like I was I don't know. It's the so those are the I, things that get me. I feel like
1: that movies. meal might have just tipped her off that he was a murderer. Yeah. You know, you think like, so? would you like a cheese sandwiches and milk? Yeah. No thanks. Know. I'm actually going to go home. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like that's one of the things like my grandparents or great grandparents would have had for dinner, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. To
0: be fair, <laughs> if it was a grilled cheese and some chocolate milk, uh, I'd be down for that.
2: I mean, it wasn't black and white, so it could have been. Yeah. yeah. Who
0: knows. <laughs> they they did use chocolate syrup for blood, so that's uh, uh, true.
2: They had it around. Yeah. yeah. But uh,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Uh, same question. Anything that you feel like we are not doing justice to Salem's thought if we do not at least mention it?
1: Uh, no, I think we covered. I, I covered everything that I needed to talk about. Like as in, like uh, how, as far as miniseries goes, it's probably the best one because I feel like I don't want to slander the it miniseries, but it's definitely got a lot the- of people
2: love that miniseries. Man, you're gonna.
1: I think, like and you of, know what yeah. I think it is? I think it's rose-colored glasses towards yeah. Tim Curry's yeah. performance because he terrified me as a child. Yeah. But when you yeah. go back and rewatch that, you're like, this is boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There
0: are things about it that are done well. Yeah. Tim Curry's yeah. Yeah. always yeah. Tim Curry. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. stuff about the It miniseries that the first time that I watched it a few years ago it was just like, I don't eh, yeah fine.
2: It, this, yeah. Nostalgia is a very uh, hefty drug, you know? Yeah, It's yes. a hard drug. Well, yeah, because, you and know,
0: like the, the kids who watched it in the 80s who were terrified. Oh,
2: it, it, yeah. I remember when it was coming on and my dad was watching it, you know, and, and I just could not be in the room. It just freaked yeah. me out. Just just even the no Tim Curry, no, just knowing it was on the music and everything was was enough. And it, and it took over a week of television, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it was like, at least I'm pretty sure it did. You know how when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it took a freaking month, and you go back and it was only like five days, two (laughs) days, two days. Yeah, yeah.
1: I bring that up just because it's I I love the King miniseries adaptations, and Mm -hmm. I think like there's something to be like. I honestly, I honestly would like. I love that format, you know, Mm -hmm. like like two or three episodes of a miniseries, you know detailing the intricacies of like a whole king story i think is really like i don't know it's nice it wraps it all up nicely like i like the movies you know like movies are nice but like Mm -hmm. sometimes like i just want to watch like you know 10 hours Mm -hmm. of 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 a story you know wrapped up in like a nice like one season we're good to go like we're going to tell everything about it i've I've
2: always thought that there could be like an amazing like several season uh stand remake you know like three or four seasons of that you know and and, like i've always thought like it would be cool that that even has so much like juice in there you could have like like an animated episode or you could have like you know there's so many tangents yeah that it would just be so interesting if it was just multi-layered multi-faceted you know Yeah. It'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's
0: what I loved
1: about the mist.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I just recently watched Dr. Sleep, the director's cut for the first time, which is longer than Salem's thought, but like it it felt like watching a movie because it is. Mm -hmm. And so like the pacing is obviously very, very different. I think one of the nice Mm -hmm. things about King based mini series is it gives you more, it, it forces you more into the feeling of reading a book. Like mm-hmm. you, you're not going to sit down with a King book and get to the end in one sitting. You mm-hmm. have to do it in, in chunks. And so I think that having a mini series or even just, you know, a two night uh television <clears throat> TV movie event thing. Again, it forces you to have that time to sit right. with the characters, to sit with the fear, to sit with the anxiety, to sit with the, what's going to happen next. And in, in a way that, you know, I, I feel like King stories, need because of just how meaty they are, um, mm-hmm. as long as they're handled appropriately. Uh, exactly. I can't think of anything that we've not discussed. I've got all of my notes uh, checked off here of things that we need to talk about. So I am good with everything that we've talked about. Travis, uh, we mentioned this at the top of the episode, but once again, where do you want people to uh, to follow you and and your art? Uh,
2: just uh, I think on Instagram. You just find me on there uh, at Travis Knight. And uh, yeah, I post pictures on there (laughs) and occasional reels where I just beg people to like my pictures. So that's, um, you know, that's how I try to beat the algorithm.
0: Yeah. Just pictures of your reels and then reels of your pictures of your reels.
2: It's inception. Exactly. You know,
0: (laughs) Corey, what about you? Where do you want people following you on socials? Uh, Any information that you are able to give, about about your short and when you know m- maybe oh, it's gonna yeah, see yeah the light of day and all uh, that stuff
1: yeah you can follow me uh on instagram uh c underscore simpson 1107 i post about every six months um <laughs> so you know you, i post my story literally all the time like every day but like uh as far as like my time one it's like a six month deal mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i'm working on several projects like I have a pretty cool short film that I wrote and directed that we're just trying to find a sound mixer for um, and get that put out pretty soon. Like uh, hopefully like in the next like spring, like I want to submit it to CFS since it's like the home festival. So yeah. trying to get that out before springtime comes around. And then uh, the one that Travis is in, um, we're trying to get that. I mean, this has been like a two year thing. We're trying to, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to get this out. <laughs> we need to get it out.
0: It's a process. So
1: we're going to, we're going to try and get that out by spring, and then I'm also working with another person right now, uh, assistant directing and like producing another short film. We're going to film in like a few weeks, so we're going to get that out by spring. So hopefully by spring, I will have three, three things out, and I can't, I don't, I'm not really privy to talk about any of them yet. So <laughs>
0: well, I'm excited for them and can't wait to see them. Uh, you can follow you can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, at video monster pod. You can follow me on personally. Sorry, I'm getting very tired. It hit me all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can follow me slash the podcast on facebook twitter instagram and letterboxd at video Monster Pod. you can also follow me personally on letterboxd at the gargoyle that's g-a-r-g-y-l-e because it's a gargoyle wearing an argyle sweater uh if you enjoy this episode be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast just do a search for video monsters uh you know leave, leave those five star reviews leave us uh, those glowing comments about how much you love us and then you know share, your, share with your friends share it out on your social medias share the love of video monsters and our love of uh, wonderful and sometimes trashy cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to keep coming back. We still have a few more episodes left in our King series. And uh, then we're going to be rounding things out with our King popcorn punch out where Eric, Dan and I, and quite possibly a few other people, not quite sure how many others <laughs> and it might get a bit unwieldy uh, are going to be using our random bracket, uh, Pairing up Stephen King properties and then arguing about which one we think is better. Uh, ultimately arriving at what is going to be the uh, the official Video Monsters top three Stephen King properties. And one of the main reasons I wish that Eric was here right now is so that I could once again give him shit about all of the terrible, terrible picks that I'm going to be adding into uh, into the Skull of Decisions. Because Eric likes the Prestige movies I like the shitty movies, so (laughs) that's going to be a lot of fun to argue about. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's going to be so much fun uh and then be sure to join us in discord the uh, The link for that is in the episode description so just wherever you're listening to this scroll down click on that link join us in discord join in on the conversation throughout the week and then obviously listen in live when we record usually tuesday nights uh, that schedule has been in flux for a while because of uh, all of these guest episodes but pretty soon we'll get back to our, our regularly scheduled tuesday night recordings all right, Travis, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This was an absolute blast. Oh, yeah, always love talking Anytime. to you.
2: Yeah, it was good to hang out, man. Yeah, I know. We should do this in real life. IRL, as the yeah. Kids say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll grab some drinks and talk about King movies for real. Also yeah. for like eight yeah. hours.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get Corey to just stop talking about how much he hates the damn It miniseries.
0: <laughs> More like it's the funny. shit. I said what I, series.
1: I then <laughs> my words. Then <laughs> <laughs> my words.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, it's all right. Uh, yeah, Corey, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. It's been a while since we've had you on as well.
1: Um, I know. I look forward to being back.
0: Yeah, you're. Hope, hopefully, you're going to join us for the uh, for the King Punch Out and. Support yes. my terrible, terrible opinions. and
1: I'm just there to argue that Running Man will be the top contender. That's oh. it. So.
0: God, I hope it makes it in the list. All right. Uh, we need to close things out. That's been it for this right. episode of Video Monsters, <laughs> where we take movies and Stephen King seriously, but not ourselves. <laughs> Good night, everybody.